Are you an educator who works with vulnerable children? Are you frustrated with trying to meet the needs of vulnerable children in an inflexible, target-driven system? Would you like to know how you can better help support these vulnerable children in your school or organization? Well, look no further. Welcome to this special podcast series from Braveheart Education. Now, please welcome your host and the author of The Teacher's Introduction to Attachment, Nicola Marshall. Well, hi there and welcome to the first in a special podcast series to promote our new book, The Teacher's Introduction to Attachment. What we're going to be doing over the next few weeks is I'm going to send you um, some short snippets of information about the different chapters in the book that hopefully will give you some information that you can use, but also will give you an idea of what the book is about and how you can uh, use it in your setting. So without further ado, let's start with the first two chapters. Now, this Uh, The book starts talking about trauma. What is trauma? And there's two things that have to happen for trauma to take place for a child. There has to be an external event, something that happens outside the child, and there's an, an internal response to that. So if you think about domestic violence, for example... The external part of that would be that um, a child may be hit themselves, someone else in the family may be hit, or there may be the prevailing overwhelming atmosphere of aggression and violence. And then the internal response, of course, can be any number of different things as we all uh, have different personalities and respond differently to events. There's two different types of trauma that we talk about as well when we're thinking about trauma. A type 1 trauma would be a single episode type trauma and this might be uh, if uh, somebody experiences bereavement or uh, they're involved in an accident or they they witness a, a, a violent attack on someone, those kind of things. And then type 2 trauma is repetitive trauma. And that's really what the book majors on, is about the effects and the impact of repetitive trauma on children. Events leading to emotional or psychological trauma can happen in lots of different ways. And if if something happens unexpectedly, that has an impact. If we're unprepared for it, if we feel powerless to prevent it, if it happens repeatedly... If someone was intentionally cruel towards us and if it happened in our childhood, which actually has the worst lasting impact. So when you think about trauma, what are the normal things that we think about in our society? We think about abuse and neglect are the ones that we would typically think about. I was reading some of the statistics around neglect recently and um, there were 21, 000, over 21,000 children in the UK were subject to child protection plan or on the register under the category of neglect. 42% of all children in, in the UK who were subject to child protection plan or on the register under the category that includes neglect. It's an awful lot of children that fall into that category. And one of the other things that seems to be uh, more prevalent these days, and we talk about more certainly is in the news, is fetal alcohol and the effects of drinking during pregnancy. Uh, I read a a quote recently of the fetal alcohol, the FASD website, and it said, when you drink, so does your baby. It takes approximately one hour for your body to process each unit of alcohol. It takes three times as long for alcohol to pass around the system of a baby in the womb. 
Uh, that's, that's a scary statistic. And some of the um, potential problems for babies whose mom might have been drinking heavily during pregnancy are that um, they have a small body size and weight. They have limited movements of joints, uh, small eye openings, drooping eyelids, thin upper lip, hyperactivity in childhood. Those are just some of the symptoms and there are lots of symptoms. So what are some of the other trauma aspects that might occur for children? Uh, we used to believe years ago that um, if you took a baby away from its mom at birth that there wouldn't be a lasting impact. If you think about some of the programs that are on TV, the long lost family programs that are out that are typically babies who were neglected, or not neglected, were relinquished back in the 60s, who were given up for adoption. And those adults very often spend all of their life or a large proportion of their life uh, looking for their roots, for their parents, for their siblings, for just some connection uh, to their past. And there are lots of children these days who are taken out of their environments. They're not given up for adoption as such. They are taken by the care system because of the conditions of, of where they're living. And that separation from birth mom can have a real lasting impact. So it doesn't matter when a baby was taken. Of course, the earlier that they're taken into out of that dangerous environment, the better it is in the long term. But you can't underestimate the impact that it has being separated from, from your roots and from uh, your birth parents. Uh, also, multiple home or school moves can have an impact. And this can happen to lots of different people in lots of circumstances. If you think about um, military families, missionaries, people who move around a lot where you know it's hard to make a connection with the people around you, that can have a lasting impact. Unfortunately, the children in our care system these days um, can go through lots of different homes, lots of different carers, lots of different schools. Um, and that can have an impact on a child's sense of security and trust. Um, also, a baby being born premature and postnatal depression, they're two things that we don't think about very often in this subject because it's nobody's fault many times when these things happen. Uh, but if you think about the um, environment for the baby, if we think about it from the baby's point of view, when a baby goes full term, they will typically go straight on to mom. There's a skin-on-skin -skin contact, the touch, the voice that they recognize, the heartbeat that they've come to know, all of those kind of comforting, nurturing factors that they need. When a baby is born premature, they typically go into an incubator. Um, there isn't the skin-on-skin -skin contact. There isn't the touch, certainly not to the level of when a child goes full term. And also, if you think about postnatal depression, for most moms who would experience this, there will hopefully be somebody who will come alongside her, who can help her during those initial stages, somebody who will take care of the baby if needs be, um, and will certainly make sure that, that the baby is getting everything that they need. If you think about some of the moms who are in difficult environments, chaotic home lives, there might be a single parent struggling to survive with, with the children they have already. They may be in dangerous and, and unhealthy relationships and they get postnatal depression. And then it's very likely that the, the baby, the newborn baby, won't get the stimulation and the nurture and uh, the things that they need to really develop in those first few months, which are crucial 
um, for, for the long-term development. And poverty as well is something that, uh, again, we maybe don't think about so much in this area. We tend to think more about uh, abuse and neglect. Uh, but there are apparently 3.6 million children that grow up in poverty in the UK. Um, and that's an awful lot of children. Uh, the added problems that come from poverty as well is very often there's alcohol abuse involved, aggression and violence. Uh, so the whole environment can be really, really difficult for children. Uh, the, the final area when we're thinking about trauma that, again, we maybe don't think about very often is if a child has a long-term illness or they, they are hospitalized for whatever reason. Uh, I know a child uh, uh, close to me, for example, who has uh, attachment difficulties due to the amount of time that he spent in hospital in his first year of life. This was nothing to do with the conditions uh, of his home or his, uh, his parents' um, ability to uh, look after him properly. This is to do with him being in hospital, the trauma to him physically, uh, and also the emotional trauma of being you know, hurt physically and having your parents there, you know, the people who are supposed to protect you, who um, seemingly appear to be involved in, in um, something that is causing you harm. Um, so all of those kind of elements of trauma can have a huge impact on children. And the book that we're talking about, The Teacher's Introduction to Attachment, is specifically focused around education. Um, but it's not limited to that. Lots of people who work with children in lots of settings, um, like in youth clubs, in the scouting movement, any recreational group, any of those kind of settings, uh, this book will be helpful to understand um, what happens for children sometimes when they don't have what they need in their, in their home lives, what the impact of that is, uh, and how you can help them. So... That's the end of our first podcast in this special series on the teacher's introduction to attachment. If you would like to hear more, then please come on to the next podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast, part of a special series introducing the teacher's introduction to attachment. To order your copy of this book, go to www.teachersintro.com.